welcome to today's episode of the Love Your City podcast. We're still here in Washington, D.C. We are. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I think oh. I'm getting over the jet lag, finally. Yeah, I slept in a little bit longer this morning, although it's good waking up early and walking the streets and visiting the monuments, having monumental mornings. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of right on the edge of, um, what do you call that? The, the National, National Mall. Mall. Yes. Yeah. We're um, the Capitol Building, Abraham mm. Lincoln, George Washington, just history right on our doorstep. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It really is a well-designed, beautiful city. It is. Um, and there's there's lots of people who live in Washington who want to see it transformed <laughs> by the gospel, which is fantastic. Um, we are hearing some great stories while we're here, and it's just so exciting to sit down. I, I'm, I'm finding myself, as we have these podcast episodes, just, just sitting down in awe and hearing the stories of what God's doing through such humble, normal yep. people. Yeah. These people are ordinary. Adam Durso, maybe not so much, but, <laughs> but the, the fellow who we're about to hear just seems like a, a normal, ordinary guy, and yet in the hands of an extraordinary God is seeing incredible things. Yeah, no, his story will be really inspiring. Absolutely. So uh, really going to hear some nitty-gritty, hands-on-the-ground, feet-on-the-ground uh, city transformation from R.J. Holt yep. from Dallas, Texas. Enjoy. Well, Tisha, so good to be here in Washington, D.C. for the 100 Cities Summit. Yep. Uh, I'm looking out the window at the Museum of the Bible, our venue for the week, and just next to the view of the Museum of the Bible is the face of R.J. Holt. So, R.J., welcome. We're really pleased that you could join us today. Thank you. Good morning. Um, mate, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us a bit about what you do and uh, where you live. Yeah, I live in Dallas, Texas, uh, but I was born and raised in Los Angeles, and now I work for movement.org. Uh, facilitating some of these things that you guys are attending uh, that's in New York City. So I have all the coast and the middle covered here in the United States. Um, my job now is uh, grew out of what we started here in Dallas. Uh, for Dallas, for the last six years, we've had a movement.org uh, kind of movement day expression is what we call those. And uh, it's a collaboration of churches and marketplace leaders, uh, millennial leaders, uh, and then nonprofits. And we come together one time a year to gather and then plan for the rest of the year. Wow. So I did that for uh, five years. Our church took that on and said we need to have some sort of expression like this in the city. Uh, we tend to be a, a cooperating church with many different churches uh, there in Dallas. We believe you're stronger together than you are by yourself. And out of that grew this job that I do now, which is uh, we need somebody to help coach other cities that are doing this. And you have five years of experience uh, starting it up going through the bumps and bruises of learning along the way. Uh, we had some really good ideas. We had some that we'll probably never do again. Um, and uh, so all that experience has led to what I do now as a Global Cities Catalyst. Uh, the simple fact is it's a coaching people, holding the best practices around. When somebody says we're working on this, it's like, well, in uh, Dubai they're working on this, and this is what they do in London for homelessness, or this is what they do in Kuala Lumpur for uh, the refugees that are coming in. Yeah. It's a great job. I get yeah. to meet some of God's best people yeah. uh, around the world. That's brilliant, man. When you, when you uh, outline your role there, I'm sure there's a million stories you could tell. Um, there, there are because God's at work everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. part of this job is getting to see where he's at work, yeah. uh, kind of at the top. Mm. People mm. that love him and are doing good things mm. in the city for gospel movements mm. um, with the right heart. They're yeah. following Jesus because they care for their city and the people that are in it. Wow. We spoke over breakfast yesterday uh, about uh, in your home city of Dallas, mm -hmm. um, some of the nitty-gritty hard work, um, but good work of city transformation. Can you can you tell us about the, the shutting down of the drug houses? In, in yeah, Dallas? Um, uh, a bunch of lawyers got together and decided they wanted to do something different than just be a lawyer, uh, a barrister, 
and decided that they would like to work in the city shutting down drug houses. Uh, Why not? We are like any other large city, and uh, large cities have places where that gathers. Of course, where that is, there's the sex trade, and there's prostitution, and there's violence, and there's all those things that goes along uh, with that. And so what they decided to do was, we will go after the people who own those houses and have neglected those houses, and we will track them down to fix that. Uh, we have in the States what they call nuisance properties, and it takes about 12 months to 18 months to interact reach back and forth and try to get that property taken care of working with the city. And so they walk it through that process. Now, the interesting thing, while they're doing that the next level down, they've started prayer walks in that neighborhood wow. with churches cooperating together to go over there, doing the repairing fences and painting houses mm -hmm. in that neighborhood. And what they do is they form a Bible study in that neighborhood of people that are interested as they're walking through the neighborhood. Out of that Bible study, they form what they call a neighborhood association. Neighborhood association has the right to form rules about how we kind of do our neighborhood. I have it all over the world. Mm -hmm. That neighborhood association is the one that's represented by the lawyers to get rid of the drug house in their neighborhood. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's not lawyers coming into the neighborhood like Superman, yeah. yep. parachuting in, fixing it, shutting down, leaving, because that drug house would come right back. That happens all the time when police shut those down. Yep. They just move one street over, or they wait till the police are gone and come back to that same house. Mm -hmm. So they work through that. Now, that was an association of uh, many different churches, putting the money to get that thing started and rolling, paying salaries and putting our people down there as well. Uh, and now, at this point, there's over 800 different properties that they have shut down. Now, when you shut down a drug house uh, in Dallas, Fort Worth, um, but I think it works the same way in other places, uh, the crime goes down immediately by 60%. Yeah. You can't put a police car in every block and have it go down by 60%. So this is one of the collaborations that another church came and said, we've got a lawyer who wants to do this. What do you think? I'm like, we're completely in on that. Uh, let me talk to some other churches and people, business leaders here. Mm -hmm. So now what's happened is that that has blossomed, mushroomed, as they say, uh, because these lawyers put that case all together. Then they walk into some of the largest law firms and said, you guys do pro bono work, mm. work for the community, and every one of them wants to do it. They just don't want to waste their time when they do it. Give us something significant. They walk this case in that's completely prepared, hand it to these lawyers and say, would you just go to court and get this win? Yeah. So now they can go back to their directors mm. and say, look what we are doing in the city as well. So they're attached to that. So now the funding for that, it's called ACT. Uh, it's there in, in Dallas, Texas some great folks run that and now they're attracting some of the top talent because there are people who are very very bright smart love jesus mm. and are lawyers and said we'd like to do more than just try yeah. some cases or push some papers so uh, that's one of the successes that's there yeah he, um just so inspirational so these people who are forming the neighborhood network they're just christians in their area who have decided that um they want to see light in their in their area right they see yeah. they see the prayer walk yeah some people walking through the neighborhood praying and they will come out and say what are you doing yeah. and those are usually the ones most of the time that are fellow believers like yeah. we're praying for this neighborhood and that against that drug house wow yeah wow and so they're actually putting their life on the line um they really are you know, tell us some of the dangers that they're in to do this yeah um the protection part of taking care of people that are doing it, it takes about a year sometimes 18 months to get that done uh, during that time, people start to f try to figure out who that is. Uh, some of our neighborhood community advocates that go there, uh, one of the local car dealers has said, why don't you come and trade cars in every day or two as you go through the neighborhood so that 
uh, drug dealers, gangs can't recognize you right away. Mm. Um, the people who work in the neighborhood are people from the neighborhood. Mm. Uh, so they're um, just like the population that's, that's there. Um, we pray over those people. Mm. Boy, we pray over those people yeah. that are there doing that because it's the neighborhood associates this with not one person. It's a group of people yeah. that would be doing that. Yeah. The police are very involved. They, uh, the, the intel is so good from this group now that they meet weekly with the second in command, third in command of that whole area. And what they do is they, they trade um, intel, if you would. Yeah. So the police know who is doing this to watch closely. And then there's an increased police presence as well because they realize that this is going to start to happen. Yeah. Well, how um, many... Uh, Sorry, how many drug houses have been shut down in th through these efforts? Yeah, um, I'm not sure in the last like two or three months, but I think there were up to 800 different properties that they'd affected. Yeah. Wow, um, which is astonishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a we've got a, a drug problem, and we've got a gang problem. We have a prostitution <laughs> problem. We have yeah. a violence problem down there, and uh, a lot of the people who live in those areas don't have an advocate for them, mm -hmm. especially in the courts. Yeah. Yeah. So left to fend for themselves. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, the properties are being affected uh, again, uh, I, I, over uh, over 800 at this point. Yeah. And now we're looking to look, make that repeatable in other cities. Um, yeah. So when people come and say, what are you doing? You say, here's the playbook for that. Um, mm -hmm. So we can spread that best practice around. So that's, that's one of the best parts of my job. I get to hear those, but in Dallas, I was specifically involved with that. And I lived in um, South Dallas yeah. 20 years ago, so yeah. I remember. Um, <laughs> well, I don't quite have the accent, but um, <laughs> we'll work on that. South Dallas, one of the most dangerous areas of Dallas. Uh, I was on a Bible college campus that were probably surrounded by drug houses, and us women weren't allowed out at night right. um, because quite often we heard gunshots. We had helicopters mm -hmm. flying over, um, and even though that was 20 years ago, there's still there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, yeah, even though the city's grown down. by leaps and bounds, and so there's just more of that yeah as in any big city what's the population of dallas population of dallas proper is about 1.4 million mm. yeah. uh, but the area is bumping right at now 8 million just wow. a little over the dallas fort worth metro area so it makes it the fourth largest metro area in the united states at this point mm. yeah rj it's it's uh, a pleasure to chat with you yeah um, thanks. and there's so much more we could chat about just hearing your job description. <laughs> Love bragging on what God is doing. Yeah, it's a great, great. job. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're trying to get an expression of Movement Day and, and gospel uh, city movement in our own city. And so it's good to meet you. Yeah, and, nice and to meet you. And maybe call on you sometime in the future. Hey, I would love to come out <laughs> yeah, to Australia. Very welcome. Very welcome. And yeah. teach everybody how to say y'all. <laughs> well, just give us your um, best Australian accent before you leave yeah. us. I think you just... Uh, my Australian, Australian, Australian accent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's about as good as it <laughs> I don't really practice accents since I already have one. I try to stick with that one. <laughs> and uh, we know you do at another meeting, and we really appreciate you giving time. Hey, thank to, you guys so much. Podcast. Appreciate so, what you're you. doing. Yeah. Keep it up. Good on you. Thank, thank you. you. Another inspiring story um, from Dallas, Texas. Yeah, absolutely. I just, like being here and talking with RJ, um, mm. you guys will hear it over the audio, but sitting here talking with him just... Just, uh, just talks as if it was just a normal day at the office, yep. and yet, um, what an incredible! Like I said in the, in the intro, nitty gritty, you know, hands dirty, city transformation. Yeah, I think so often, and and sometimes in our own city, we we do, 
we, we do and we should enjoy the prayer, God, yep. change our city and all that sort of thing. But sometimes I think the, the danger is that we just stop there. Yep. And we, we're happy to pray. But when, when those opportunities come or, or, or finding and walk, walking through the doors that God's op- God opens, mm. we get a little bit more intimidated, a little bit more edgy. But yeah. these guys are... I love what they've done because they've looked at an overwhelming problem. Mm. And so often we do that and we think, can't do anything. But they've yeah. looked at it and come up with a solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and now been successful. But, um, but they've had to work with the police, yeah. um, with lawyers, yep. uh, and it's taken churches funding it. That's what I love mm. as well. Churches mm. putting their money not just into yep. their building or their own people or yep. staff, but funding the closing down yeah. of drug houses. Absolutely. And I think that's a, a really big thing. I mean, we talk about collaboration a lot, and you can't have city gospel transformation without, without collaboration. Mm. But often we, we stop at Christian pastors, Christian business leaders, Christian non-for-profit leaders. And yet that collaboration to make that happen, what RJ described, it just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to engage with high level lawyers, you yeah. know, who, who want this on their want this on their rap sheet that we, we, we that's the wrong term. Want this on their C V. Yeah. Um, just just exceptional stuff. Um, and uh, eight hundred drug houses shut down as a result. But um, still, they've still got so many more. So the drug problem must just be ginormous. Again, it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, um, and and so exciting too that they're looking to repeat this in other cities of America because I'm sure this isn't a Dallas problem. Um, It would be (laughs) everywhere. Worldwide. We might need to start it in Toowoomba. Yeah, well... Your house. I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) That We're we're looking for a bit of a sign-off on this podcast. And that was was pretty I think that's the end. Okay. (laughs) I think we'll end it there. Well, thank you, Letitia, for everything except the conclusion. You're welcome.